Welcome to another episode of There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Today is January 7th, 2021. Well, the Electoral College have been officially tabulated, counted, voted upon, and approved in It has been confirmed that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to be the next president and vice president of the United States, despite the fact that the presidential election took place back on November 3rd, and we're finally confirming all of this two months later over two months later. Also, there were a few things that took place between now and then from the election up to this moment. We had a little, I guess you could call it an insurrection. I personally, I call it bullshit because there's no way that incident, that show that took place in the nation's capital at the U.S. Capitol bill. I'm I'm sorry, I can't even, that shit is, that that shit was so fake. That's, it, it was nowhere near possible that that was real. I'm sorry. I, you know, I apologize for those people that watched on TV in horror, scared out of their minds. All you gotta do is just take just take a closer look. How can you say every step, every process, when you watch that debacle, how can you say that that was not staged? That was not real. Or that it was real, excuse me. That 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 was that was straight bullshit. How are you gonna overrun the US Capitol and not one weapon, not one weapon from the I guess the uprisers was present. There was not even I didn't even see a butter knife in that crowd. And you're coming to cause an uprise? But when you look at the pictures previously, when they shut down Michigan, when they was in Georgia, and all the other pictures of the militia, hell, people take rifles to the grocery store just to prove their point. So you're coming to the nation's capital to storm the building and you don't have nothing, at nothing at all. Then when they, then they reconvene the count, I, I wanna say, I, I guess, what, nine o'clock at night, 
10 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night, and you're looking at the Senate chamber, you're looking at the House chamber. They, I mean, you can't have 10 people over your house for a party. Excuse me, that was my, my alarm. You cannot have 10 people over at your house for a party and something not get knocked over or destroyed and you got a mob that comes into the U.S. Capitol and they don't even knock down a picture, a chair is not even knocked over. You know, yeah, they show, you know, steel shots of individuals. You know, I think one person had a letter that had Nancy Pelosi's name on it. So he just conveniently picked the letter up. Then he takes a selfie of him holding a letter. So basically he's, he's confirming that he has stolen U.S. mail from the Speaker of the House. And he posts the picture on social media? Really? Come on, I refuse to even believe. I believe that these are dumb asses, but I don't believe that these dumb asses are that much of a dumb ass. You're taking selfies with the Capitol Police after you break in and the Capitol Police are actually stopping to pose with you? Come on, come on people. Surely y'all can't, I mean really. Surely y'all can't believe this. Y'all can't believe this. As always, and you know, this is, this is not even some type of conspiracy theorist mentality. This is just plain look, look at the picture. Look at what's going on. The question is, why is something like this going on? What is the end game to this whole situation where a, a, a mob, it's obvious there were a number of people that weren't privy to the knowledge of what was going on because you can look at the expression some people were caught off guard or like like the mayor the mayor of DC evidently she didn't get the memo because you know what maybe she did I don't know but the thing is she was calling for assistance the night before because she was getting word that there was a gathering that was going to overrun Washington, D.C. And of course, you know, nobody heed or warning. And before you know it, you know, of course, you know, Mr. President, he's out there agitating them, you know, saying everything is fault, fake, false. Twitter finally says, you know what, we had enough of this. You know, I guess four years, he, he never violated nothing. So they, they you know, with 20-something, less than 20-something days left in his term, they suspend his account. They didn't kick him off. They just suspended it. 
I think it was for like 12 hours or something like that. I mean, you know, this this is such bullshit. Then, you know, all over social media, black people, we're sitting there saying, well, if this was us and we did this, they would shoot us down and all this stuff. You got that right. Don't even think about doing nothing like this. They can't even do nothing like this. Do not think for a minute that this was real. There was a purpose behind this. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios going on for them wanting to delay that vote. There's a lot of different scenarios as to how everybody can come out looking like a hero uh, in, in some sort of way. Or to appease the Trump supporters. To get them to calm down, let them have their moment in the sun. But do not think, do not think for a moment that the government did not have control of this situation. Now, the only thing that I am confused about is that there was, there was a report that definitely was one person killed, an Air Force veteran, female Air Force veteran. Now, I've heard the number, as many as four people were killed. But for some reason, you get the main report that one person was killed, which I don't even remember anybody saying shots were fired. But one person was killed. One person was shot by Capitol Police. You know, who was the police officer? You know, a person is shot and everybody's still moving forward? I mean, come on. This, this shit stinks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But either way, okay, let's move on from this. The Electoral College, they took the vote in the Senate. Pretty much they had to, I guess, approve all the states that were questioned. I guess the swing states, as they want to call them. They did this. I think the senators that were contesting, I think, I think it, it started out with, I think the number was, it was supposed to be 17. By the time the vote came to the floor, I think one time I saw it was down to seven. Pretty much, um, you know, the, the, I guess the new, the mega leader, Ted Cruz, and a couple of other individuals that pretty much are trying to put themselves in position for 2024. But, um, you know, that is as crazy as it looked. I it was more, it was more theatrical than crazy. 
to me. I mean, like I said, when I looked at the videos over and over and you see different angles, you know, no guns, no real looting, no destruction. And people are like, this is, you know, or they had a peaceful demonstration. That bullshit was not peaceful. But they actually filed in in a single line. It was almost like there was a school trip to visit the Capitol. The only difference is they just rushed in. It's like, it's more to it. It's more to it than this, people. And you all, like they said, you got to think. You got to think and see things with your third eye. You got to see past the length of your arm. You got to learn how to read between the lines. Because there's way more to this situation than meets the eye. Now, in regards to what I believe that's going to take place from here. Well, first of all, let's back up. Because one of the things that this story did hijack, there was a runoff vote in the state of Georgia for the remaining two Senate positions, which these two Senate positions, if obtained by the Democrat Party, they would have control of the Senate. Something that would be major and something that is crucial. Well, the state of Georgia did it. They not only got one through, they got both in. And pretty much just like that, Democrats control the White House, the House, and the Senate. So it's basically saying things should just flow smoothly. I mean, we know better, but People, people don't understand the significance of the outcome of this Georgia runoff. And the sad part is it got hijacked by this, uh, I guess, the uprising. I don't even want to call it uprising. But that story made, <laughs> that, that story made second page. Not to mention that Reverend Raphael Warner, he's, I'm, I don't think I said his name right, Womack, uh, I'm sorry. Um, I got to um, learn these names because even um, Os Ossoff, I'm not even sure if I'm saying his name properly. But either way, he is the first black senator from the state of Georgia. And if I'm correct, I think he might be only the fifth or sixth black American that has been elected to the U.S. Senate. So people don't understand these things, these things here. Now I'm getting an amber alert. And it's like it's beeping all over my watch and my phone. Excuse me. Um, people don't understand the significance of these things.
But of course, it got swept under the rug because of the events. And sometimes I think that played a part in the timing of this. They swarmed the house, I mean the Capitol, just as they was getting ready to announce the Electoral College results and Georgia was in the process of finalizing the election results. I mean, come on, really? This, I, I, I just never been the type of person that believe in coincidence. But let's talk about the Georgia runoff. With Democrats in control of everything, now we're talking about a new set of stimulus checks. We're talking about a more productive way of combating COVID-19. We're talking about a civil rights bill that could be permanent. We're talking about redoing or undoing gerrymandering. Also, the, the cabinet picks that Joe Biden wants, he don't have to compromise. He can actually get the individuals that he wants. I mean, one is, I love the fact that he has nominated former Supreme Court judge nominee Judge Merrick Garland to become the Attorney General. I thought that was classic because a lot of people don't remember if you don't remember, uh, Judge Merrick Garland was Obama's last Supreme Court pick that he nominated, but of course the Senate wouldn't hear it because they claimed that Obama was in his last year of office and that he didn't have the right to choose. So they made him wait until the end of the term, which of course, you know, not to say that Hillary Clinton would have chosen, but it was, the, the gamble was that, okay, the Democrats could win. They didn't. Donald Trump becomes president, and boom, he puts his own pick in. But, you know, again, there's so much that should take place with the control of these three branches. However, we got to remember, in Obama's first two years, in his first term, he had the same situation. And shit didn't get done. Nothing got done. But, you know, I'm hoping that the Democrats have learned their lesson this time. I think, no disrespect to President Obama, I think Joe Biden, who was there during the Obama administration, he remembers this. So he's like pretty much, we got to hit the ground running. We got to get shit back in order. And I believe that with the time spent getting things together before January 20th, 
I believe that Joe Biden already has his cabinet picks. He has the people that he wants to be in place. And he knows he's, he's going to have the blessing of the House and the Senate. So he can, he can just, he can pick who he absolutely wants. He don't have to negotiate. Because let's be real. Merrick Garland, he was nominated by Barack Obama. However, to my understanding, that was not who he wanted. He was picked because he would be somebody that he felt that would be able to go through and be passed by the Senate. But the Senate, you know, back then, Mitch McConnell, they didn't give a fuck. They did not get anything that Obama wanted. The goal was we're the opposite, including a almost conservative Supreme Court judge nominee. And like I said, Biden, he doesn't have to do this. Now, it's interesting that he did choose Merrick Garland. I personally think he chose him to show the Republican Senate, you know, basically, fuck y'all. We're going to bring him back and we're going to put him in a position that, you know, you all just wasn't, you, you wasn't thinking. And see, of course, I'm sure... Judge Garland, he got a chip on his shoulder. So he's like, yeah, I'm going to take this position and I'm going to show y'all what payback looks like. Oh, I mean, I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. And see, the thing is, people forget the situation with Breonna Taylor. With a judge that is open-minded as Garland now, the mother of Breonna Taylor can come before the Attorney General and override any decision that the grand jury in the state of Kentucky has imposed. Because right now, the grand jury in the state of Kentucky has indicated that, that the case can't go no higher up to the Attorney General in the state of Kentucky. But the Attorney General for the United States can override that and have the case open. And this is what's going to happen. And of course, Garland, he's going to be approved by the Democrat-led Senate. So Breonna Taylor will get justice. I mean, we get ready to see some good shit coming up. Now, let's go back, you know, to other things that could take place. I believe that, and I think Joe Biden has already stated that his first hundred days, he wants everybody to wear masks. He's going to leave from the front. He's going to emphasize that. I don't think they're going to make it a federal 
mandate that you have to wear a mask, I think it's more or less, okay, can y'all wear a mask? You're going to do that for 100 days. This is going to get the Senate so they can have the House and the Senate come up with a new stimulus plan. Once those 100 days are done, and it might be before the 100 days, there's going to be a stimulus package. This stimulus package is going to help businesses to stay afloat because what Joe Biden is going to have to do, he's going to have to shut the government down. He's going to have to shut the government down for at least six to eight weeks so that everybody or key personnel can get inoculated. Also, the pull, I guess, turn back some of the patients so the hospitals can catch up. Essential workers can be vaccinated and from there after that six to eight weeks which of course when this takes place nobody you know you won't lose jobs businesses won't shut down yes there's gonna it's gonna be a ripple there's no doubt no matter what no matter how much of a stimulus check but it won't be crucial you know there won't be people being evicted because the stimulus, the packages will help renters or, or like apartment complex, they receive money for um, rent protections. The um, utility companies, you won't be shutting off people, electricity and things of this nature because that's what the stimulus checks are gonna provide. You do this for six to eight weeks and hopefully, at that point, everything will right itself back into place. And I kind of, you know, say that with tongue in cheek because, in my opinion, I don't think nothing is really going to be the same ever again. Like any situation for a long period of time as human beings, as businesses, you make adjustments, you adapt, whether it's something positive or negative, you have to make, you know, you have to make the adjustments. However, I believe that overall in regards to the health of individuals, which is the main thing, this, this, this is the plan that I don't see no other alternative. You literally have to stop this government, this country from running. And from that point, implement a mandatory vaccine. Now, there are going to be some people that's going to slip through the cracks. There are going to be some people that want to buck the system. But if you say to a person, let's say, a person that works, say for McDonald's, Walmarts, for you to come back to work, you have to show proof that you have been vaccinated or you can't come back to work. Now, some people, and you know, there are going to be some that's going to, of course, you might have another protest. 
you might have another fake ass rush on the U.S. Capitol. There are going to be some that's going to be upset. But overall, it's, it's, it's no other alternatives to com combating this. I mean, again, I would love to hear, I would love to hear people's views on how to, how they feel that this can be, how this can be fixed. Let's talk about Donald Trump and what's going to happen. I have stated in past podcasts that I do not believe that Donald Trump will make it to the 20th of January. I stand steadfast on that belief. Now, you're starting to hear people mention the 25th Amendment. 25th Amendment pretty much basically indicates that if a president has been deemed to be unfit, he can be removed from office and the vice president will take over. Now, a lot of people like saying, well, you know, today is January 7th. You know, we're talking about 12 days left. However, from, from to me, from Trump's point of view, I think this is what he wants to happen. I think it started when he made the phone call last Saturday or Saturday, Sunday to Joe, which of course, oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah, you know, this crazy motherfucker. He sat there and made a call to the Secretary of State for Georgia, threatening, pleading, all in an hour conversation to get him to find like just over 11,000 votes and overturn the election. And it's like, everybody's talking about, you know, what violations did he commit doing this? Like, you know, really? Come on. I mean, he, he threatened this guy. Our, the guy's already receiving threats. Now you're getting a threat from the President of the United States? And, you know, you didn't expect the conversation to be recorded? The thing is, it's disappointing that the only news outlet that picked it up at first was the Washington, the Washington Post. You know, why didn't the Atlanta Journal-Constitution pick this stuff up? You know, it's, it's amazing how they try to hide stuff. But either way, um, so they're talking about the 25th Amendment, putting them out, which to me, that plays right into Donald Trump's plan. I still believe that Trump wants to quit, but of course, he's got to save face. He can't quit, because then his supporters will see that in a negative manner. He has to do something to really get himself thrown out so that also he'll be relieved of his duties while at the same time looking like a, the victim. Now, when he's using the tactic of criticizing the vice president, I'm thinking, okay, where is this going? Because, of course, you know, if he's removed, Pence becomes president. And people don't understand. In that short order of time, Pence 
has the full power of being president of the United States. And it's funny because I think what Joe Biden has been slated as being the 46th president of the United States. Actually, if Pence, if Pence becomes president, Pence will become the 46th president of the United States, thus bumping Joe Biden to 47. That shit is crazy, man. But either way, um, Trump needs to be he, he, he needs for this to happen. And then Pence can pardon him. This is, this is what, so no matter when you hear how the Attorney General of New York and the Attorney General for this state and all these legal individuals are like lining up to implement these lawsuits on him, no matter what, Whatever jail time he gets, now I don't know if it continues on or if he messes up again in the past or whatever, but no matter what, whoever hits him first, if they hit him and he is convicted and sentenced, he can be pardoned. And if he gets that commitment from Pence, Cause it makes me wonder where's Pence gonna go with his political career. I mean, as vice president, it's not like he's gonna go back to Indiana and become governor. I mean, that's kind of, that's going backwards. I mean, he could do it, but why would he? You know, would Pence consider running in twenty twenty four? Because you you look at people like Ted Cruz and the other individuals that said that they were going to um, speak out against the Electoral College. You know, it's, they're getting ready. They're getting ready for 2024. They are lining up to be the new Donald Trump. They want to show the Trump supporters that they can be just as stupid as he is. So they're getting the early, so they need a four-year head start to show the world, the country, how fucked up they are. And they're lining up for that. But one key thing is, Trump may not run for president, but he's not going away. So they're going to have to embrace him. And if I know my boy Donald He's going to make them pay. They can't, they're not going to be able to get that endorsement for free. He's going to make them bow down to him and put him on the pedestal in front of them. It's almost going to be the same concept that when um, John McCain, when he selected Sarah Palin and how they just, she was like wildfire. Once they put her out in that limelight, limelight, they could not control her. And you think somebody like Donald Trump is going to stand behind somebody like Ted Cruz or Rubio? Oh, come on. Get the fuck out of here with that. You're crazy as hell. But either way, I mean, hey, you know, that's four years from now. In conclusion, 
I still believe that this was the original plan of Russia. When Russia was believed that, when it was believed that the Russians were implementing, um, was implemented in regards to the connection with Trump. I never believed that it was their plan to take over the United States. I believe, yeah, if they were able to get a few nuggets, some classified material, top secret stuff like that, yeah, that would have been good. To me, what Russia's sole purpose in having their hand in the 2016 election was to damage the reputation that the United States has in regards to the way the world sees the United States. I believe without a doubt that what happened yesterday and really the last four years, it, it crippled this country. But I don't think it did anything that damaged this country permanently. In fact, if anything, what will happen is Biden and Harris will reach out to the world. I mean, this, this term for Joe Biden, I'm not going to say it's, it's something that's going to be simple. It's going to be easy, but I can't say that it's going to be hard. Basically, all he got to do is just travel and reach out to the world leaders and just say, hey, we fucked up. We had a crazy uncle that got out, wreaked havoc. We corralled him, put him down, and I'm apologizing. What are the damages that need to be fixed? We're here to acknowledge that. We are here to say that we made a mistake and we want to put everything back in place. And I believe that's that's all Joe Biden has to do. I believe that Joe Biden should not make the mistake that President Obama did in regards to trying to win approval for the individuals that did not support him. I think if any critique that I have of President Obama, he put too much emphasis on trying to reach out to individuals that just, they despised him, no matter what. Because I think Obama didn't really get the idea that they just, they weren't going to embrace him because it's what they saw. It wasn't about the policies, no matter what the policies that would help benefit them, they did not care because all they saw was skin color. And I believe that if anything we got from Trump, if there's anything positive, and I'm not gonna sit here and say that we did not know racism existed. We, I can't even say that, that it wasn't blatant, but it just gave you an idea how deeply entrenched and how deep the divide is 
in this country. And it also gives you the sense that you just got to basically say, fuck them. You can't worry about them. But at the same time, if anything you learn, you cannot underestimate their power. Because they got power. They got resources. Because I don't care what anybody says. What took place yesterday, that was orchestrated. And that was orchestrated by somebody higher than the Republican and the Democrat Party. To be able to say to a group of people, you can storm the Capitol and nothing's going to happen to you. That's some power. And when whoever pushed that button, galvanized those people to do this, they can play with groups of people as they, as they want to, anywhere they feel that suit their needs, that's, that's a concern. Either way, if you felt everything that I said was full of shit, if you believe it, you disbelieve it, you say, hey, you out your mind, I would love to hear from you. I love, I, I live for opinions, I live for corrections, ideals, I live for it all. Until then, please stay safe because we, we still not out of this COVID-19 situation. Take caution. Take care. And this, is a, this has been another episode of There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am Osaze Shabazz. Take care. God bless.